imagine trying to launch a business, prepare your whole life for like quitting your whole life, basically selling everything that you have, that you own, leaving on this massive trip and running a full-time job at a corporate company. It's, it's, it was a lot. Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle podcast series, a series that is so much more than just a podcast series. This is a movement towards freedom in life and in work and about taking a lifestyle you know you deserve. I'm your host, Sam, and I have always admired working where you want, when you want, and how you want. Just like my guests, I found my version of the freedom lifestyle and I'm sharing all the secrets for how you can too. The freedom lifestyle looks different for everyone. What's your free? You're listening to episode 26, but even more monumental is that this is the one year anniversary of the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast. It's totally wild and nuts to think about how much has changed in just one calendar year. I distinctly remember last November and having multiple nights of insomnia in a row because I was so scared to launch my first episode. I was totally in my head about what people were going to think and they were going to be so critical and, you know, judge me for having one fashion business and then, you know, arrogantly deciding that I was going to be the guru of female entrepreneurship and interview people. And I was, I had such negative self-talk and was so scared to do this. I have one memory that is so vivid. It was a night where I was trying to sleep and I couldn't. So I took my phone off airplane mode because life hack, that's the best way to sleep. And I called my boyfriend. He was still in San Francisco at the time. So three hours behind. So he was up and I was telling him, you know, I don't think I can do this. I, I don't know what's going on in my life. I, at the time I had no job. I was still in the nine to five mindset, discouraged that I now put myself in a situation where I was unemployed. I did not have freelance work at the time, and I really didn't know where I was going or what my future had in store. My boyfriend, Jared, was the one who actually gave me a pep talk at that critical moment when you need it, when you're just about to jump off the ledge and bail on something you know you should do because your fear is stopping you. And he said, maybe this is an opportunity for you and I to take a wild adventure. And he pitched me on the idea of going on a huge, you know, three, four, five month trip across South America. And I said, hell yes. So we spent the last year getting ready for this. I built the brand that I could now take anywhere. I took on a bunch of freelance clients that I do all of the work remotely. He quit his job slowly at Uber, which was, you can imagine, a, a big decision and process. He moved back from San Francisco early. He thought he was going to be there for a few more years than he was. And now it's happening. We booked our flights. And on January 6th, we will be starting our trip in Panama. I'm so freaking pumped. But I'm also terrified at the same time. And this time, I know what that feeling is. It's just my fear because, again, I'm going to push myself outside of my comfort zone. And that's all it is. 
before we set off on this new challenge for our personal lives and our relationship, frankly, I wanted to chat with other couples who had done the nomadic lifestyle for a bit together to learn what this experience was like for them and what types of things that Jared and I should be considering or any couple for that matter who says, hey babe, let's pack our bags and go on an adventure. First up is Emily Francesini. Emily is a travel enthusiast and co-founder of the online publication, Our Crater. After spending a few years in the workforce, Emily quit her nine to five and hopped on a plane with her boyfriend who she barely knew at the time. They had just started dating before the two of them took an extended trip together that changed the course of her life. Now that they're both back from this big trip, they've moved in together, so it was a success, and they spend most of their time planning their next opportunity to explore the world. Emily and I go way back as we grew up together training at the same dance studio and attending house parties together in our hometown of Sudbury, Ontario. Emily and Brandon were both in the recent photo shoot that I coordinated for the LDR activity book and... They were so cute and fun to work with. Definitely recommend following them both on Instagram where 90% of their stories involve videotaping the other person doing something they wish wasn't on camera. Here's Emily. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad we could finally do this. We've been talking about this for so long. I know. I was seeing all your photos and I said, okay, we have to interview you at some point. So I'm glad we're doing this. How long were you dating Brandon as your partner, right? Yeah. Before you decided to go on this 10-month nomading (laughs) adventure traveling the world together? Uh, Well, I think we were dating for a month before we talked about it. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So pretty soon. We actually have only been together for, I think, 11 months and we traveled for most of it. So yeah, I think we were together three months before we took off to Australia. And whose idea was this? Was this just something on both of your bucket lists or was one of you catalyzing it for the other? How did this come about? We actually both had trips trips planned before we met. So Brandon was going to Australia for school. I was planning to go to Australia with my friend Jen. That didn't work out. I was still going to go by myself, but then we ended up deciding to travel together. Our original plan was actually to break up before our trip. We thought we would date for a few months and then both take off, do our own thing. But that obviously didn't happen. We traveled together for most of this year. And you both just happened to be wanting to go to Australia. Yeah, super random. I never really wanted to go to Australia because I'm terrified of snakes. But a few months before I met Brandon, my friend Jen convinced me that it was really an amazing place. And it's as far away from Sudbury as I could get, really. So it was a nice trip. <laughs> totally. And Sudbury is where we're from, about yes. four hours north from here. Great where... place, but not in the winter. Definitely not. I only mm. go in the summer. I've been to Australia. I didn't see any snakes. Did you when you were there? I saw one. Actually, no, it's a lie. I saw two, but I only saw one that was on the ground. One someone was holding. Okay. And why was the time now to do something like this in your life? Uh, Well, I've been talking about it for a really long time. I think most of my life I'd said I wanted to travel. Um, I'd been on a few short trips, but I worked for a company for three and a half years without taking any vacation. I had an interesting health scare in August, and after that I was like, hey, I need to leave. I need to do something for myself. I'm just going to keep making excuses. So it seemed like things were just working out, and that's when I wanted to go. How did you prepare for this financially? Because so many young people want to be able to travel more, but they have a job or they don't have much savings. What was your situation like? Oh, God. Well, I talked about it for a really long time. So I think I had about six months to save. Um, I started by selling a lot of my stuff. Now I've sold almost everything except two containers of clothing. So I got rid of everything I owned. I started renting out my guest room on Airbnb to start covering the bills, and I stopped going out to eat. 
I spent a lot of time at home doing not very exciting things, but it was worth it in the end. I knew I needed to cut back on costs to make it happen, and it worked out. Growing up, I remember you had massive closets with like 16 graphic tees in every color. <laughs> you love shopping. How oh, yeah. how was that change for you? It actually wasn't as hard as I thought. I think once I set my mind to going on this trip, I knew that I had to do it, so I stopped buying clothes. I haven't actually bought, well, that's a lie. I bought a few things from breweries because I can talk about that more later, but I'm obsessed. But other than that, I haven't bought any clothing in like over a year. It was hard at first because my closet is full of stuff but yeah once I made the decision to travel it just was easy and it it feels okay now to oh do. yeah I'm just, like when I buy new things like even food and stuff I don't like to carry all these bags it stresses me out got it so, so yeah. you're more of a minimalist now I think so yeah Brandon my boyfriend is not so once we've been together we should see how that works out <laughs> he has about 13 boxes of clothes so we'll see got it and yeah. he was going there for school originally right it's a little bit different situation yeah so he's doing his MBA he just finished he's at Rotman so he was able to do a semester abroad and he chose Australia amazing yeah what was it like to have one person more tied down and having to study and what were you doing were you freelancing along the way or were you purely in vacation mode well, Brandon had class once a week, <laughs> so we had six days to ourselves to travel, so it wasn't really that much time to actually do some work. Um, I had some writing gigs, so I'd spend probably four hours a week actually sitting down and doing the work, so it worked out because he'd be in class one day a week, I'd do some work from home, and then the rest of the time we were just traveling. Was there anything that you were worried about when you decided you were going to go traveling with your partner? Yes. Um, there was a lot of things. First of all, I didn't know Brandon really that well. We'd lived in different cities up until we were long to distance. Australia. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time in Toronto with him, which was good. But like, I think the most time we spent together straight was like a week or two. So I had no idea what to expect. I'm also an only child. So I like to be alone. I like my own space. Um, and I had planned the trip on my own. So I was worried that I was going to hate him by the end of it, that it wasn't going to work out, we are going to break up, I'm going to be all the way in Australia now by myself, or that my trip was going to change because of my relationship, which didn't end up happening. Anytime you're traveling with someone other than just a solo trip, you have to make compromises. Some person wants to do something, another person wants to do another. What kind of things does he make you do that you just kind of <laughs> say yes to for the experience? Brandon's the easiest person to travel with. He's up for anything. Um, but one annoying thing about Brandon is he loves to go to the gym. So even while we were traveling, we had to make time to work out. Oh and my goodness. Anyone who knows me knows that I hate working out. I don't like going to the gym. I danced when I was younger, and that's about as physical as I got. Uh, so that was a bit of a compromise. Some days I would just set aside time for him to go, and then I'd plan our trip or our excursion around that. Other times I drag myself to the gym with him. So that's how I compromised. He also was pretty good at compromising for me as well. So what kind out. of what kinds of things would he do for you that he doesn't like to do? <laughs> well, Brandon hates beer. He won't really drink beer unless you're he's kidding. To. Yeah. Like almost every Instagram story is you guys at a brewery drinking yeah. like seven beers at once. Yeah. So those are all my beers. Brandon would just sit and watch usually. Sometimes he'd have a sip. Um, so that's how he compromised. He would come to a brewery with me, and we went to. I think this year we've been to twenty three breweries. Wow. Yeah, so we've been to quite a few. I think we did 15 in Vancouver. And you weren't just in Australia, right? Didn't you do some of Asia? Or where else did you get to travel this past year? Uh, so we did Australia and New Zealand together. Mm -hmm. um, I went to LA, I think I said that before. And then I went to Hong Kong and Singapore. And then we did Vancouver for two months and drove down to Seattle. Wow, what an adventure. Yeah, it was, it's been a pretty amazing year. I know you're pretty close with your parents as well. What yeah. did they think about all of this when you said, I'm going to sell all of my items and go <laughs> traveling with a guy I just met? Um, I think they thought I was lying. 
I think they thought it was kind of a dream and it wasn't actually going to happen. I talked about it a lot, so it was a while before I actually booked the flight. I think my parents at first were like, oh, she'll get over this. She's not going to leave her career. She has a home and a house in Sudbury. She can't just get up and go. Um, but uh, once I booked the flight, they had no choice but to be excited for me. And I think my mom started to really like telling people that her daughter was in Australia. So when I came back, every person I saw was like, oh, your mom told me you were traveling. How was it? So they were excited for me. Had they ever been to Australia before? No, I think my parents have only been to like the Bahamas and Florida. So they're not even travelers themselves? No, they don't go anywhere. They'd rather <laughs> just go to Florida and sit by the beach or stay in Sudbury. So. And do you think you've inspired them at all from some of your adventures and the stories you've come home to share? I think so. Brandon and I talked about moving to the UK, so to London, England. And if that does happen, I think my parents would be pretty excited to come to Europe. Any tips for saving money while you're traveling that you and Brandon have mastered? You talked a lot about not shopping, minimalism. What else do you guys do to make it work for so long? So, well, when you're traveling, it's kind of hard to cook, I found. So we would look for happy hours or daily discounts. Um, I love travel blogs, so I'd read a lot of those and see what places had deals each day. And that's kind of where we ate. We had some really cheap meals and even some free ones, which was pretty awesome. Um, Not spending money on clothes, obviously. Don't shop while you're there. You don't need all those crazy souvenirs. Uh, I collect enameled pins, so that was my souvenir from each country. I bought a pin, they were like $2. I didn't buy anything else the whole time I was traveling, so those are some pretty cool ways. I look for deals and excursions too. Brandon saved, I think he got two for one for a scuba diving excursion. So instead of paying two fifty each, they paid two fifty total. Wow. So look for the deals, because there's tons of them out there. Amazing. And where are all these pins? Do you have like a really cool jacket or backpack, or where do you put them? I don't have a jacket yet, but I was planning on putting on a jean jacket and hanging it up in my house somewhere. I don't think Brandon's really on board yet, but soon. And when you wanted to go on this trip, did you have a goal in mind for it, or why did you want to do something like this? I really wanted to just get away. I was pretty stressed at my job for a really long time. I was working kind of long hours. I was doing more than one job. So I was working full time and I was doing something on the side as well. So I was really busy. I had no time for myself. I loved to craft. I hadn't done any crafts. I hadn't really given myself any Emily time. So I thought that taking this trip was going to help me mentally and figure out what I wanted to do in the long run. Um, I think my goal for it was kind of to just be happier. I wasn't happy where I was in life. And after traveling, like now I can say that I had the best year of my life. Amazing. I'm so happy for you. It's been pretty great. And how do you think about your future now? Are you just going to go back to a career? Is this going to be just the best year you had one time in your life? Or do you think this has changed how you look at things permanently? It's definitely changed how I look at things permanently. Um, I think I am going to go back to some sort of more stable routine type job. I don't know that I want to do anything long term. I know eventually I'd like to work for myself, do my own thing. Um, but I want money to travel. So I'm looking to try and figure out what I want to do. Um, I don't know that I want an actual career in like the typical sense of the word, but we'll see. <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet. And how has it impacted your relationship with Brandon? You guys only knew each other for a little bit before going on to it. Ten months later, you're still talking <laughs> as a we. Oh, God. Well, we didn't fight at all on our trip, actually. Like, there would be, we'd bicker over certain things, um, but I think we're definitely a lot closer. Like, what couple has spent the first 10 months of their relationship together almost every single day? Not many. I'm really lucky that he's so easygoing, because I'm sure, as an only child, it can be quite difficult (laughs) at times. It's usually my way or no way. Um, But I learned to compromise, so I think we compliment each other now. So you feel a lot stronger now, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, he's, he's pretty great. For couples who maybe have known each other for more than a month, (laughs) who want to go on a trip like this, is there something that you wish you had known before doing it that you'd pass on? Um, Or what do you think it takes? 
I think I kind of wish well I learned this quickly but I wish that I would have known that I don't need to spend every second with Brandon so we planned a trip with, together so we wanted to spend time together but you don't need to do all the excursions together if there's things that Brandon doesn't want to do for the first few weeks I wouldn't do them I'd compromise I'd do something instead um, then one day I was like hey you know what I want to do this I'm going to go and do it so I missed out on a couple things but in the end I think it worked out but definitely don't think you have to spend all your time together you have to plan every single second together you can do your own thing still and for tips for someone whether they're a couple or not who just wants to live the nomad life for a bit any travel tips living out of a suitcase any hacks you picked up <laughs> bring half of what you think you need my backpack I brought a backpack and a carry-on my backpack was full and by the end of the trip I'd gotten rid of half of the stuff I wore the same pair of shorts for months straight I didn't need anything else so I think that anyone can do it you just need to be a little bit more minimalistic in your packing if that makes sense getting used to wearing the same thing every day was a hard thing for me because it's fun to dress up and look (laughs) Mm -hmm. nice especially if you go on date night me and my partner you know by Friday I'd been wearing the same things and then I wanted to look nice did that ever happen to you or I brought one nice-ish outfit Uh, there were a few times that we were going to like some sort of event Brandon's like you can't wear that I'm like well it's all I have so I'm wearing it Um, (laughs) but I was I was fine in the end it didn't really matter what I was wearing there's other people also wearing like ripped jean shorts on this fancy boat cruise so it ended up being okay um but yeah, I didn't, it didn't really bother me at all. I think also being in Australia, it's so hot. We were there for their summer, so every day is like 40 degrees. Didn't really want to dress up. I'm fine in like a bathing suit top and jean shorts. Love it. Okay, well, this has been so much fun. We're going to wrap up with a rapid fire round. Okay. Some of these, I know you listened to my podcast and we're yes. at my taping, so I tried to add some new ones in here for you. Okay, cool. Yogurt or granola? Yogurt. Peanut butter or Nutella? Nutella. Beach or mountains? mountains surfing or scuba diving surfing something you wish you knew more about (laughs) taxes right (laughs) anything financially related I'm not very good with my finances especially when you don't have a normal job it gets so much more complicated yeah I'm not sure how I'm gonna find (laughs) taxes it's not just like enter the T4 and my rent and final question what's your favorite podcast other than mine uh well girl boss of course but I just started listening to the skimmed from the beginning so I'm only on episode four but I really like it awesome well thanks so much Emily this has been great thanks for making time and I look forward to see you know where you land next (laughs) we'll see thanks for having me okay bye next up we have Teal Elizabeth ever since Teal was a young girl she had always fantasized that she would travel the world with the love of her life but she didn't have a boyfriend and she didn't have the money to do it 15 years later, Teal is totally living that dream. She's currently on a one-year minimum trip across Europe and Asia with the love of her life, and she's doing it all as a nomad entrepreneur. Teal is a love and relationship coach who has been trained by Buddhist monks in Thailand and has also worked alongside Ariana Huffington. I actually met Teal one time when I was visiting San Francisco to see my boyfriend, They were both working at Uber at the time, and when she told me her plans, in my head, I just knew she'd be on my podcast one day. Teal, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Yay, Sam! Love being here. This is so exciting. Okay, where in the world are you right now? I know it's my morning. It's your evening. (laughs) Where are you? I'm in northern Vietnam right now in Ha Long Bay. Wow. How long have you been there? 
just arrived a few hours ago and it's oh. beautiful. It's breathtaking. Okay. Amazing. Are you moving pretty quickly from place to place? I know you've been traveling now since March. So what, like six months on the go now? Yeah, we just celebrated our six month anniversary travel trip. Um, and we've been, gosh, we've been into over 22 countries in the last six months. So yeah, we've been, we've been seeing a lot in this time. Holy crap. How are you thinking about documenting that? Are you blogging Instagram? Of course <laughs> I follow you, but I feel like with that many memories and experiences, what are you doing to like capture it all for later? It's really, really true, Sam, because there's no way that I'm going to be able to come back from this trip and my parents will be like, so how was your trip? You can't just kind of slurt out like a whole year's worth of experiences. So we've been, um, we actually have a travel blog and we've been kind of documenting our favorite pictures and really explaining and sharing the, the experiences as we go. Yeah. It's so difficult to retell. I went to Burning Man for one week and tried to explain what that was like. It <laughs> was only a week and I kind of ended up summing up a few things and then referring to my Facebook album. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a challenge for you. So blogging is smart. And how long do you have left to go? You said you're six months in. Are you doing a full year? Yeah. The goal is a year and beyond. We don't really have an end date, but that the goal was always a year. Nope. No flight home booked. Nope. Nope. Continuing on as we go. And do you have an idea of where you want to end your travels together? Yeah. Actually, recently we were just talking about like when we do finally settle down, we really want to move to Hawaii together. Okay. So you're going to make a move at the end of this because when you and I met, you were in San Francisco working at Uber with my boyfriend and now you guys have both left and are doing your <laughs> freedom, which is so amazing. So this. you're not planning on going back to SF? Nope. Nope. We're realizing how much we just absolutely love the beach and we love the tropics and uh, Hawaii is kind of a nice blend of both where we can still be in the United States and close to our family, but still feel like we're living that kind of off the beat lifestyle. Definitely. That's amazing. So you say we, and I definitely want to touch on that because this episode is all about couples who are traveling together, which there's an entire art in that, but I find it so magical. And it's something that me and my partner want to do in the new year. So your boyfriend, right? His name's Spencer. Yeah. I call him my sweetheart. Boyfriend your sounds sweetheart. really like high schoolish. He's my committed... <laughs> Committed life partner, you know, my sweetheart. Had you two traveled much together before you decided, hey, let's quit our jobs, start businesses, and go traveling for a year? We had done a trip to Belize together for a week. It was actually a trip that I had planned with my best girlfriend, and then kind of tagged along, and then we ended up falling in love on that trip and realized that we wanted to continue traveling the world together. And at that time in your life, had you always known you wanted to go on this big travel the world for an extended period of time trip? Or was this a dream that you two co-created together? How did that come about? Mm, oh, that is such a great question. So I have a really weird thing to share with you, Sam. I, I just had this weird premonition knowing, intuitive knowing in my heart that like I was going to travel the world with my partner that would be my future husband. And at the time that I, that first came about, like I didn't even, I hadn't even met Spence. And I just knew that at some point I would travel the world with my future partner who would become my husband. And um, I, I did a trip six, gosh, when I was like 22 with my girlfriend for six months. And I, I knew that I, I had to come back home because I had to go and meet my soulmate. And a few months later I met Spence. And the day that we met, 
we were talking and he was talking about, like, I just talked about how I just came back from this massive trip. And he's like, I would love to do a trip like that one day. He was like, I would love to go with you one day and do a trip with you. And um, it was just in that moment that it was like, whoa, okay, this is, the seed has been planted. And um, five years later, here we are doing this trip together. And oh my goodness. Definitely ready to live our lives together forever. That's so romantic. So you're definitely the romantic type and we're going to <laughs> we're going to get into your business as well because you didn't just quit your job, travel the world for a year with a earlyish relationship a couple of years and you also started a business while you did it. So we need to get into that, but where do you think this like hopeless romantic side of you comes from because I have it in me too, but not everybody has that anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I was raised in a small town, raised reading romantic novels and movies. And I think I just, you know, it spread into me as a little girl, always wanting that, playing Barbies, you know, just imagining what that life could be like. Um, obviously, when I grew up, that kind of got shattered a little bit, but it's still deep within me. And I really believe in consciously creating the life that you want. And I, I imagine what I wanted, and I'm just creating that into my reality. I love that. You're letting the universe work for you. You're putting it out there, but also working, mm -hmm. which I think is part of it. So yeah, why now? Definitely. Why was now the time to go on this trip? And how did the launch of a new business kind of align with that timing? Hmm. Why now? Well, Spence and I had tried to do this trip a few years ago, but we didn't, the timing just didn't work out. I was really struggling with my last job and we didn't really have the finances in place yet, but we had been talking about it. Like one day we want to do this trip together and we had set a date and it just wasn't working out. There's a lot of resistance that was coming up to it. And this time we, I, I had gotten the job at Uber right around that time. And it was like, do I do, do this trip or do I go and move to Uber? And I decided to take the job at Uber. And that was the best decision because it really allowed me to have this stability to build and save and create and plan for this trip versus just being like, let's go, let's go travel, right? It's, it, it, when you're doing something this massive of a year long or more trip, you really have to go into it with a lot of planning. So we, I worked for Uber for a year. And then after a year, I was going to renew my lease. And I said, okay, like next year, this exact same time, we're going to give ourselves one full year to prepare for this and really put aside the money for it. And, and it, there was something about Uber. I loved that company dearly. It was a great place for me, but I realized that it wasn't my forever place. And so it allowed me to have it be my, my lily pad kind of to, to, to land on for a little while while I was preparing for the next journey. Um, so why now? I think I've been wanting to do it forever, but now I just felt responsibly and um, responsibly the best time and, and like the best time for both of us. You mentioned that you wanted to get your finances order and saving. And I think that travel is a huge barrier for people is the financial aspect. So any tips in terms of how you approached it? Like how did you even forecast how much a year traveling would cost? What kind of resources did you use? Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Finances is always a big one. So I actually planned it. I budgeted it out. I'm very proud of how we budgeted this out. Um, we sat down, I remember this, a weekend, and I imagined it being the same budget as it would be on a work expenses trip. So 
per diem, you get maybe $60 a day for food and $100 a night for a hotel. And I literally just kind of put that out as our budget. And we thought, okay, if we're going to do six months in Europe and six months in Asia, how much would we need for a budget in Europe and a budget in Asia? So I gave myself that amount for, for Europe. And, um, and then I cut that in half for Asia because I knew it was cheaper. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what we went off, basically like the work per diem stipend amount and and that worked out that's been working out really really well for us and then it was like we had this amount that we were working toward and it was like just putting this vision around this this number and we had a year to to earn and build towards this number um and having that year kind of really helped it help us you know cut costs in whatever ways that we could make sure that we were leaving and having that savings ready Definitely. Reducing your expenses is huge. Whether you're starting a business or saving for a trip or in your case, both. I think, (laughs) yeah, looking at where your money is going is huge. I know I've talked in previous podcast episodes about how like one of the first things to go was my nails. Like I never get my (laughs) nails done shellac anymore. And I was there every two weeks with a new color. What were some of the things that you had to, I guess, sacrifice that maybe you don't even think of sacrifices as they are, but Mm. you you know, surprisingly, I, I didn't cut that much. I was able to just create more. Like I'm really of the mindset of being expansive. And although, yeah, I, I don't get my nails done often. I don't, you know, probably go shopping that often. But I, I was really, really intent on just building. How can I create and build more wealth in the meantime versus cutting and saving? Um, and so I was just really intent on creating more wealth. So I was, I was working really, really, really hard. I was working, you know, eight, 10 hours a day at Uber and coming home and working until the wee hours of the night you know, on the business and really like getting that in the place that it needed to be so that I could feel like, I had the money ready to go. Abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about the business. So did you have it? Were you working on it on the side? It sounds like you were ramping up for it, but am I correct to say that you launched it around the same time you were launching this big trip? Yes, yes, which was its own stress. I mean, imagine trying to launch a business prepare your whole life for like quitting your whole life, basically selling everything that you have, that you own, leaving on this massive trip and running a full-time job at a corporate company. It's, it's, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, but it was what was necessary for me to kind of like make the transition. And let's talk about the business. So you, how do you even, what do you even call yourself? Like I wrote in the notes, love coach, but I think we can get fancier with that. Tell us a bit (laughs) about um, what you're building and how you're helping women and relationships everywhere now. Yeah. Thank you. I am so proud of my business. It's something that has been deep within me for a long time. I am, I'm a love and relationship coach, specifically helping women to step into their femininity and embrace their self-love. And I feel like those are the two core elements and two core pillars that a lot of women of our generation, I call them the boss babes, the girl bosses, right? We are so driven and ambitious and committed to just claiming life and going after our dreams. But there's been this weird shift in our energy when we move into this mentality that pushes men away. And those are the women that I really want to reach out to and work with and help them to really embrace that other side of their being that men can really connect to, where they can feel their hearts and respect them as boss babe women that they are. I love that. Those are the women that I help and support. 
Okay. I do think that you're so on point with this whole girl boss movement and we're getting into this empowerment and and even just the feminism movement, sometimes we can go from feeling like kind of extreme about it. And then we, I think we're all at the same time as women, we're figuring out what that line is. And it's like, it's not men versus women. And we're trying to figure out like, how do we be a feminist without, you know, alienating half of the population, but still yes. feeling good about it. But then yes. also wanting to kind of recreate, you know, relationship norms. So Yes. I guess what are some tips that you give women that we can share with listeners in terms of small things that they could do to be more conscious of that balance? Well, number one is just awareness, recognizing that there is a different energy that we bring to work and other areas of our life than we bring to relationships. Because I think right now men are feeling really kind of pushed away and kind of almost like starstruck and, and dumbfounded. Like, I don't even know how to handle you anymore, right? As a woman who is really claiming this like power and presence. So it's just about recognizing that this power and presence that we bring to the workforce and to other areas doesn't necessarily translate into a healthy relationship. And it doesn't mean that we need to dull ourselves down or, you know, make ourselves look like a weak doormat housewife. It's just about learning how to actually embrace this beautiful other queen goddess side of ourselves that men can really connect to and relate to. And so awareness is number one. Number two is actually getting out of your head and just really dropping into your heart and coming from a heart-centered space where you're literally opening up your heart, you're relaxing your defenses, letting go of all that mind chatter, all that analyzing, all that, you know, just trying to fit things and make things work and just, just being present and being in the moment and letting them see you for the true amazing woman that you are. That's awesome. And I guess while you're traveling, I know that when I went on like a month trip, Max, to Guatemala with Jared earlier this year, I was doing some freelance work while I was there and it was so difficult to find the time to work on the like work business, whichever it is, you have like these amazing scenery all around you. You're with your partner who's like so fun to hang out with. How are you finding that balance of managing your business and working on this while still being on this like massive adventure? Yeah, that is the ultimate, incredibly wonderful challenge, right? <laughs> oh, I, um, well, I think the fact that we don't have an end date makes it helpful because I know that I can really just take my time in these places and I don't have to rush to see everything and squeeze it into two weeks. You know, we can really relax and do it. But I, I will not lie, it's, it's, it's very draining to be on the road all the time and changing time zones and trying to coordinate things and um, traveling. But I think the biggest thing is making sure that I have a morning routine set no matter where I am. So in the mornings, I take time to journal and um, I do 30 minutes of yoga and do 30 minutes of visualizing where I'm going and, and who I'm supporting at the time and visualizing their success. And that just helps me get really grounded in what I'm doing, no matter where I am, because I know that my center and my, my heart is with me at all times and that's my home. So all the rest is just the external. I think that's so huge. The morning routine is key. That's like the biggest thing that I've been able to say and try to do as I'm kind of doing this lifestyle too, where it's two weeks here, two weeks there. 
you can't really maintain a yoga membership when I'm only in Toronto every couple of weeks. So (laughs) the morning is sacred to me. And no matter what, I try to do the morning the same. Today, I had to wake up early to have this call with you, but I still got my meditation in, my lemon water, my coffee. I know what my (laughs) tasks are for the day. Like You got to just try to take those moments when you can and just have consistency because when you're on the road, it can be so hard and then self-care and you know how it goes. So good for you for being so diligent with that. And traveling with your partner, I mean, there's compromising involved in that. Are there things that he loves to do while traveling that you kind of just suck up or you do so that he can have that experience? And vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was actually asking him this about this question. I was like, what do you think? We've been having to like really compromise with each other. And for the most part, no. I think when you, when you really build a foundation before doing a trip like this and you really get to like know someone before you already kind of have your, you know how people operate. Um, and it either works or it doesn't work for you. So for the most part, we already operate on the same wavelength, but I think there's some little quirks about him that it just, silly to me that I have to put up with like he he refuses to sleep if there are any lights on in the room (laughs) like it has to be pitch black I mean like a little air conditioning light or a little wi-fi router light like it has to be covered and so that's probably something that I have to kind of like roll my eyes at um but for the most part like no the big stuff our values of what we want out of this trip is the same and that's important to discover ahead of time I like darkness too. Does he have an eye mask? I mean, that changed my life. <laughs> I started using an eye mask this year because Jared wants to wake up with the light, with the natural sun. And I'm like, no, I need to be dark <laughs> as long as possible. So I just sleep with an eye mask. I need to get him one. Oh, no. He says it, it, he hasn't found one that's big enough for his head with all of his brains. <laughs> <laughs> There's other couples who want to do something similar to what you and Sweetheart Spence have done. (laughs) Is there something you wish you had known before? Is there advice you'd give them to know that they have what it takes? Hmm. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is really plan out a good budget system. I think from what I hear from friends and clients and just my own experiences, like, Finances are a huge rock in a relationship that can either drown a relationship or create a really steady foundation. And so just going into it where you both know what you're contributing in terms of finances, you both know how you're going to spend your money, and you're really tracking it on a week-to-week basis is so key. And it just keeps things relaxed and fun and free because it's so easy to just be in a new place and just be like, let's just go, you know, spend money on drinks. Let's go try all this new food. Let's go go on this gondola over the ocean, you know? And it's like, okay, we have a budget. <laughs> Stick to our budget. So we have, uh, we have weekly money dates every week on our trip where we really keep track of how we're doing and how much we've overspent or underspent so that we know where we're at. So that's really important. We both contribute equally to it. Um, so his money is my money, but it's also all equal. So that's like huge, I think. Um, and that, that, that goes for you if you want to travel or if you're just starting out a relationship with anyone. Money is really, really key foundation of success or failure, I think, in a relationship. Amazing. These are all the questions I have. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're, you're, is it an Airbnb host has made you dinner? I have this sweet Vietnamese family that we're staying with right now. She's so sweet, yes. 
That's so lovely. Okay. Well, you go enjoy that. Thank you so much for making time out of your evening evening to chat with all of us. I'm really excited to put this episode together and I wish you well on the rest of your six six month journey. Thank you, Sam. I just have to say this has been such an amazing dream of mine to get to connect with you in this way and be on this podcast. I've been listening to your podcast all throughout this trip and all throughout my transition into becoming a full-blown entrepreneur. And it has just really been the bedrock of reminding me what's possible and really just owning it. And um, I just am so incredibly grateful to you and everything you're doing. And I'm so happy to be able to share and connect and be a part of this journey for everyone. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I think the the more women who just say, hey, I went for my freedom. Here's how I did it. Like, we're just going to normalize this to the point mm-hmm. where we can all do it. And I think it's really exciting when we all feel like our dreams are possible. So thanks yeah. for helping lead the charge. Absolutely. It's a scary journey, but it's so worth it. <laughs> so worth it. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're just here for the first episode or you've been here all year, it means so much to me. I hope we can stay in touch. Even when I'm traveling, I will be releasing episodes. I don't know what that looks like, but I envision a microphone that fits into my iPhone and maybe interviewing digital nomads in hostels. I'm not sure yet, but I'm going to figure it out on the go and I'll be sharing a lot on Instagram. So definitely follow me. I totally follow back. It's at S La Liberty with a couple extra E's on the end. I'll include that in the link in my bio. Thank you so much for listening until next time.